um, it's you know it, it, I was saying because there's really only three way, ways to, to generate wealth from what I understand and it's you know the stock market which you're betting on someone else there's real estate and you really almost have to be an expert to get involved in that and then there's you know entrepreneurship starting some sort of business um, or you can work for someone else but rarely do you truly get wealthy working for somebody else are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Richard Matthews and I have live on the line today, Ben Vizina. You said you were coming in from uh, from Louisiana, is that right? That's correct. I, I've got to apologize to your listeners up front. I have a obviously a very thick accent and the more we talk, the more it'll come out, especially when I'm excited. But I've lived all over the South. I'm originally from Louisiana. I'm back home in Louisiana. So I've got this, I say it's called sort of a Texas redneck, Alabama country, uh, Cajun accent that comes and goes. So I apologize in advance if no one can understand me. I'm kind of like the water boy. <laughs> That's funny. My, uh, my wife uh, learned to talk in Kentucky and she still to this day doesn't say light. She says lot. Lot. I can't. I can't even say it with a southern accent. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. so, but you get used to uh, it. The more you listen to it, the better it is. Yeah, absolutely. So what I want to do real quick is just go through a uh, brief introduction for those of my audience who may not know who you are. So Ben is the founder and CEO of uh, Vizana Consulting. You've owned and operated numerous small businesses and variety of industries, and you've hired people from all walks of life, creating numerous high-performing teams. And you're the author of Be Small, Fight Big. And then you said you had a new one. What was the name of the new book? That's correct. It's called Explosive Small Business Growth. Awesome. And you're also the host of the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Show. Um, so with that sort of brief introduction, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your business is like now, who you serve, what you do for them, um, and sort of what you're known for? Sure. And and I'll kind of, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that. And of course, talk about the origins of how we got to this point, because that's kind of the interesting part of the story. But I, uh, my name is Ben Vizanal, and I live in the South, as I've already mentioned. I've lived in every Gulf, every state that touches the Gulf Coast at some point in the last 20 years. So we've moved quite a bit. We're back home, as I've already mentioned, and we love it. We'll probably die here in Louisiana. Um, but I've owned a variety of different types of businesses from, uh, uh, nutritional supplements. I had a custom motorcycle shop at the height of the motorcycle industry back in the early 2000s. If you remember when the Discovery Channels yeah. were doing the biker build-offs and all that, uh, I had long hair. It looked nothing like I do today. It looked quite different. Uh, I've owned a, uh, had a chain of small, I should say small, but quite large, did multi-million dollar business, uh, which was a wireless company. Uh, we resold Nextel, and at that time, which was called Suncom, which it later became AT&T, um, heavily entrenched in the wireless industry. I've got a, a very large background on that. But done a lot of stuff is the point, and I sort of lived all over. I've hired people and built teams in seven different states and hired people from all walks of life. 
And early on in my career, I had started a business, me and my wife, and I recall that we had we'd gotten that business, a wireless business. We had three retail locations, and we got to a point where the business we was growing, but it kind of stopped, got stagnant, and I knew that I wanted it to continue to grow. And I remember uh, the chamber had a group of people that were like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They were a mentorship type program. And I remember going to that mentorship program and I knew that I wanted the business to grow. We were doing about $20 million in revenue a year. Um, it was just insane. It was crazy. We were young. We were, we were doing well. And I remember going there and I had this whole list. I'm just like, oh, I got some, some mentors, like a mastermind group. It's going to be awesome. I'll get some coaching. And I had all these questions I asked these older gentlemen that were seasoned business owners. And every question I asked, they was like, you know, go see an accountant or go see a lawyer. Go see, or I left there uh, more confused than I was when I got there. And so I told myself at that time, I'd love to be able to help young entrepreneurs and young small business owners with all the problems that I had when I was starting out, right? Because there's no, there's really no manual for starting a business because every business is different. You can go get business, you can get a thousand books on leadership and you can get a few books on startups, but that's really about it. And so I wrote the two books that I wrote and I started Visa Not Consulting to sort of be that mentor, that small business coach that answers all those crazy questions that you have as a new business owner or even as a seasoned business yeah. owner that just gets to a point and, and you're not sure where to go from that. You know, how do, how do I franchise? How do I grow my business? How, you know, what strategies do I have at my availability and so on and so forth. And so that's how I sort of became a small business advisor. It was, um, I wouldn't say it was, wasn't planned, but it really wasn't, um, uh, in the, in the cards per se, but I always knew that there was a need for it. It was something I wanted to do. And here we are. Wow. So you've been, uh, sort of like all over the place in the business world, everything from motorcycles to wireless, to consulting, to, um, to, to all sorts of things. So how long, how long have you been, um, an entrepreneur then? Is this something that you started off like really young and yeah, yeah, and I was also a police officer for the better part of a decade in the middle of all running all these different businesses. So um, I, it was crazy. I graduated the police academy literally two weeks after 9-11 happened. So the atmosphere for law enforcement is way different than it is now. Um, I don't think I'd go back into law enforcement if they, they paid me any amount of money. Uh, yeah, not today. But how I got into business, so... Yeah, right. It's very different. The uh, And I guess I, sh I should have told you more of my origin story. I gave you the short version. Uh, my parents were divorced at a young age, and both of my parents owned businesses. My father owned, started out as a tanning salon, ended up becoming a, a full fitness center with a separate aerobics room, cardio room. I think he had at one time eight or nine tanning beds, just a huge fitness center. And my mother owned a business which was a plant nurture. And I worked in both of these, these businesses. So when I was in sort of junior high and high school, I've got like a mini MBA, you know, if you want to call it that for small businesses from both of my parents. And I learned a lot. And unfortunately, like as I already mentioned, you don't learn everything that you need to know, even as a great mentor. And of course I moved away and started some of these businesses. So I didn't have direct access to them, but they, I learned quite a bit. And so I've got the entrepreneurial spirit really young. Um, and in fact, I remember, you know, like a lot of kids that are entrepreneurs, I started mowing grass when I was, you know, 12 years old, trying to make, you know, had a little grass mowing business, making money. And when I got out of high school, I started a landscaping business, went and became uh, state certified as a, a landscape contractor when I was in my late teens. So I've just always, I've always sort of had that bug. And I've obviously went to work for some large organizations. I talked about wireless for a minute. And 
uh, there's just nothing like working for yourself. That's just the nicest way I can say it. You know, I don't, I don't like being, I don't even like the boss I have now and, and I'm on boss. <laughs> so uh, I've had it for quite a few years, that entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. Awesome. So you started uh, started young. Sounds sort of like uh, myself. I got into my my first business was a uh, I was a uh, I got my dad to lend me fifty bucks so I could go to the big box store and buy a bunch of big candy bars when I was bringing them to school, selling them out of my backpack for you know four times what I bought them for and um, did pretty well with that for you know about six weeks before I got uh, I tell people I got I had my first government shot down at thirteen because they told me I wasn't a legally allowed to sell on campus without a business license and i was too young to have a business license so i had to close up shop <laughs> oh man cut the can shut the candy man down huh shut the candy I, man uh, down and I, i've done it to yeah <laughs> shut him down i have the same uh i've infected my kids i should say i my daughter who is now uh 15 just turned 15 but when she was 13 we actually had lemonade stand but in in typical fashion i don't we didn't have one like on the corner drive by traffic. We, we were doing festivals. We had like this hand press. We'd make lemonade. And so it was crazy. Um, we did that. Of course, COVID shut all that down right now. So we need to rework our business model. But yeah, yeah. Um, she and she's done really well. She's raised, um, she raises beta fish, which they said was impossible because, you know, betas fight each other. They don't want to breed, but she's, she's done it. She wants to be a marine biologist, but she still got the entrepreneurial spirit. So now she's raising beta fish and selling, selling small fish for fraction money. I probably shouldn't say that's probably illegal in this state. I don't know, um, but uh, <laughs> she's definitely got the entrepreneurial spirit and she doesn't mind creating, you know, little businesses to make her own money. So, um, it, you, yeah, you got to yeah. start them young. That's all I can say. If you really want wealth, I, uh, there's a few things you can do, and it's obvious. Not oh, go ahead. I say my my son is currently in the process. He makes these little, I don't know what you call them. There, he takes a uh, a popsicle stick and a couple of hair, like hair clips. That he's got three sisters, so there's always hair clips, and hair clips, and like hot glues them together with some rubber bands, and turns them into a crossbow that shoots toothpicks, and he sells them for like two bucks at the at the RV parks that we go to to other kids. <laughs> oh wow yeah so he's got it too you know yeah. he's got the, he's got the spirit um it's you know it, it, it i was saying there's really only three way, ways to to generate wealth from what i understand and it's you know the stock market which you're betting on someone else there's real estate and you really almost have to be an expert to get involved in that and then there's you know entrepreneurship starting some sort of business um or you can work for someone else but rarely do you truly get wealthy working for somebody else so yeah yeah that's true and i know i got a lot of uh friends in the real estate space and i haven't got there yet it's one of the places I would like to start putting money, but well, you know, one of these days um, after my own business ventures are where I want them to be, which may never right. happen. Right. Oh, yeah. man. Well, keep having crazy uh, COVID pandemics and crazy elections and all this other fun stuff that we yeah, had in 2020. Stuff that's uh, that's making making life more difficult than it should be, I think. But it's okay. I think I think I'm very positive about everything that's happened over this last year about where we're going. I think I think we're going to see a lot of really positive things come out of this, um, regardless of you know what happens you know, with the election, with the, uh, with the virus that, uh, we're going to see a lot of positive stuff for the financial markets and for our politics and for everything else. But, you know, that's my sort of undying optimism. <laughs> so my next, uh, oh, I agree. Question... I agree. I think, uh, as someone said it best yesterday, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, somebody put, said the other day on Facebook though, that, you know, no matter who wins or who loses, um, you know, we're still going to get up the next day and go to work. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not having a civil yeah. war and the world's not going to change, you know, dramatically overnight. So yeah, yeah. Lay, lay your next question have, on me. I saw there's a little bit of a delay, so I apologize for walking on you. <laughs> That's all right. I have a, uh, um, 
a, a theory about the whole um, this whole like this idea that we're going to have civil war. Um, and it's it's crazy to me because one like I, one of the things that I, I hear all the time from people that talk to me because I travel. So like, oh, I wish I could do that. And then I always respond with, well, why don't you? Right. Uh, like, you know, why don't you travel? And the reality is, is most people don't want to do the work that's involved in having a different lifestyle than they have. And I think that that plays out into a lot of things um, that people aren't willing to do the work to be an entrepreneur. They're not willing to do the work to travel like we do if they want to. So they like to live vicariously through other people. And it goes all the way down to the politics of people are like, yeah, we're going to have a civil war. No, we're not. We don't have people with enough like energy to want to get up and actually, you know, <laughs> fight for the things they believe in. Um, and right. so, you know, I was like, what was it? I, I saw someone on, uh, on Twitter yesterday, they were talking about the, uh, they were like, you know, half the country's population thinks that the other half of the population is murdering babies and that hasn't started a civil war yet. So it's like, if that hasn't done it, nothing's going to. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and you know, I noticed there were some, um, it's small groups and if there is a civil war, it's going to be small groups fighting small groups, but it's, it's not happening. But I laughed. Um, they were, they were already protesting last night. I'm like, we don't even know who's won yet. Like, what are we protesting? Like, what are you like, protesting? Your, <laughs> your guy, has, your guy hasn't won yet. Well, which one is your guy? I'm confused because they haven't even announced it yet. So yeah. I think some people are just going to be that way no matter what, who wins. They're going to want to burn something. But I think the most most people are good. Uh, like I'm a little bit of an optimist like you. And I think at the end of the day, everything's going to be just fine. We'll just, Absolutely. just get some popcorn and watch it. So while we're watching that show, let's talk a little bit about your superpowers then, right? One of the things we talk about on this show is that every every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by a genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or set of skills um, that you were born with or you developed over time that really help energize all of your other skills, right? It's the common thread between everything that you do and do well. Um, and it's what helps you help the people in your life slay their villain, right? Um, it's yeah. So with that sort of framing, what do you think your your superpower is in business? So I, I want to first, and I'll tell you my superpower in a second. But I want to say this: so when I listened to the show the other day, uh, I kind of I had two things. One, I, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big nerd, uh, big sci-fi guy. So I love the theme of the show. Um, I used to collect comic books in the in the 80s and 90s. I've got some Spawn number ones. I've got Carnage's original ep- uh, uh, appearance in Spider Man. So I, I'm a big nerd. Nice. So I was loving the show. That's the first thing. The second thing is is you guys cuss on this show. On my show, we keep it PG thirteen, so we don't we don't cuss much. So I was like, man, if I if I accidentally dropped the f bomb, I won't feel so bad because I do have a potty mouth. So um, <laughs> I love that about the show. Uh, my superpower is pretty simple, and it's uh, it's more of a Batman superpower is what I tell everybody because uh, I didn't you know I didn't get it to buy a bug or a symbiote didn't infect my body. Um, I, mine is through rigorous training and technology is my superpower, um, or it's it comes from from technology is what I should say. And I what it is, is I have the ability to help any small business owner find ten thousand to fifty thousand dollars or more in loss and additional revenue in their small business, and I do it in forty five minutes or less and without spending a single dollar in uh, advertising or marketing. So that's my superpower. That's pretty cool. While you're fixing the video, I just want to uh, mention the uh, um, if you're going back through our episode catalog and you like um, comics, we actually had the author of Spider-Man Noir on a few months ago. Um, and so the actual artist and author for the, uh, the, he's the, the black and white Spider-Man from the 50s. 
so yeah so yeah that's a cool episode yeah. if you want to if you're into that kind of stuff <laughs> oh yeah i'm definitely i loved it i was like that's just kind of cool i like this theme you know um so i was definitely digging it to say the least so i'll have to uh I definitely geek out. Uh, big Star Wars fan. We've been to the convention. Um, it's been a few years, but went to the convention uh, in Orlando. And uh, again, I've infected my kids with all of that. Um, my daughter kind of has a crush on Kylo Ren. So you know, yeah, we're um, there you go. We're, we're kind of we're kind of <laughs> nerds. I can't help it, but we like it. You know, it works out for us. So um, with the the superpower thing, you mentioned it was uh, the being able to help. Uh, business owners find you said 10 to $50,000 worth of like lost revenue or that they can find going through mm -hmm. using technology. Yes. What, what kind of technology so do you use I'll, to do that? So i got a couple different things that I do. I have a, um, I have a, uh, something called a profit growth calculator and I'll just give you an example. So a lot of people think I want to grow my business and they say how, you know, I need, I need twice the leads, you know, that I, that I currently have. And, we do show them some strategies to get to that point, but realistically, if you just want to double your revenue or double your profits, you don't need twice as many customers. That's, that's, uh, you know, sort of false. Really, you just need five areas. And, and today there's so much confusion when we talk about, um, growing your business and, and everybody talks about Facebook ads, uh, SEO, pay-per-click and all that stuff. And really there's a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration. Just get back to business basics. There's five areas that you really need to focus on. And they are basically leads, conversions, transactions, pricing, and profits. And if you'll just focus on those five yeah. things, sort of the 80, 20 rule, you'll grow your business and you don't need to get twice as many leads, What you really need to do. Um, and I could give you some examples, but the, sort of the short version is if, say, you have 1,000 customers, you don't need 2,000 customers. Really, you just need 10% more customers. That's your leads. You do 10% more customers, and you say you convert at a certain rate, you convert 10% more. You increase your transactions by 10%. You increase your pricing by 10%. And you increase uh, your profits just by 10%. Believe it or not, that almost doubles your bottom line doubles revenue. Doubles your business. Yeah, I have it's a – crazy. Uh, I have I have a, a a course that I have for free on my website um, called the five pillars or something like that. I can't remember what it is. Something I wrote a long time ago and and taught to a bunch of local business owners. But it was the last chapter of that whole little course is called Fun with Math, um, and it talks about that exact thing, right? How do you can you know ten percent improvement here, ten percent improvement here, and it was the fi those five areas. And I was like ten percent improvement in five areas is uh, like it was a hundred and ten or hundred and twenty percent increase in revenue. Um, which is insanity, um, but uh, small improvements, um, especially when you're talking percentages like that, stack into massive gains. Um, and it's also it's a lot easier to look at how do I have a 10% improvement in um, in you know our order volume instead of like how do I double our order volume? That's a much bigger thing to try and figure out than like how do we get a 10% improvement here? And then how do we get a 10% improvement in you know average order value? And how do we get a 10% improvement in upsells and that kind of stuff? Yeah, and so all the you know the marketing gurus and the uh, large organizations they know all these secrets, but a lot of small business owners. They don't have a clue about any of these secrets. And that's, you know, I, I get, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups. I'm sure you are too, small business Facebook groups. And you hear people just giving them advice and they're like, I want to grow my business. What do I do? And the first thing almost everybody says is you need to advertise. You need to spend more money. You need to do Facebook ads. And I'm the, I'm that poor guy that comes in 
I'm the Batman. I swing in and I was like, nope, you don't need to do any of that. I can show you how to do all those things without spending a single dollar on advertising. And I guarantee it. And it just kind of blows people away. The, the marketing guys really don't like me um, because I, I do that. <laughs> I do that. But, and I get it, you know, like a surgeon's always going to tell you to, to, to get, you know, to cut. That's what they want to do. They want to cut on you. A general doctor is going to prescribe medication and so on and so forth. So the marketing guys, I get it. That's what they know. That's their prescription for everything. Um, I have a little bit bigger toolbox. And so I prescribe a, a few different things. And so usually when it's a new business or even someone who's been around a while, excuse me, the first few things I'm going to focus on are just those five areas. We don't get too crazy. Let's just, let's just get this part down and you'll be surprised that you don't have to turn every knob all the way to 10. You just turn it up just a little bit. And you do that in every area, your business is going to explode. Hence the uh, play on words here and shameless plug, explosive small business growth. Yeah. So what are some of the dials that you you actually work on and adjust for for profitability? Because you mentioned profitability being one of the uh, one of the things. So that's I told you about the, the growth calculator that I have. That's one tool that I have. And then when we get really, really crazy, I have an assessment and it's called the profit accelerator, um, assessment. And I have a large version of it, which has about a hundred impact points. And it takes about an entire day to go through. I do charge for that for a one-on-one, uh, assessment of your business. And it has about a hundred points, but mostly what I do with most of my coaching clients. And I have a, I have one I do with people for free. Um, if they just want to know a little bit more about what I do, uh, it has about 12 impact points. And then I have a much larger one, but has about 40 impact points. And that's called, that's again, go back that technology. So I use technology to help my, my clients grow their business. And that's it. That's really a big part of my business. Cause once you, you go through that and I'll talk about those impact points in a second, but once you go through that audit or that assessment, it's going to spit out a roadmap. So you know, that's part of it. Some of these small businesses don't know what to work on. They don't know the strategies, but then when they get all the strategies, they don't know what order to do them in. What should I be working on today? What should I be focused on this week or this month? And so when we do this uh, profit accelerator audit or assessment, it's going to spit out a roadmap and it's going to be about 12 to 18 months of a roadmap, depending on where you're at in your business and how many strategies you need to focus on that kind of stuff. But uh, usually it's going to give you the exact roadmap. So you know that in January you should be working on creating a market dominating position, or you know that in February you should be working on creating joint ventures or creating a drip campaign and so on and so forth. So it's a really powerful piece of software and it lays out exactly what you should be working on when and all of that good stuff. It's pretty awesome. With uh, with that sort of in mind, with a, uh, you know, using like the profitability and the calculators and that kind of stuff, that's sort of where you were talking about using technology to help help your uh the businesses you work with find find money essentially right yeah so when we talk about finding money it's it's a lot of people when i say loss because there's a lot of organizations and i'll talk about those impact points i know i kind of skipped over that um but a lot of them don't uh they don't know these strategies so when we talk about creating a market dominating position which is one of those impact points um you know, I give an example. I use, a, I use a, a bakery or a muffin shop a lot as my examples. And I tell people, so, you know, you, you, your mama told you you were a great muffin maker and you decided you were going to go into the muffin making business. Um, and you can use this for anything, whether it be uh, an auto body shop or whatever. But a lot of business owners this is how they start. They get someone tells them they, they have a great idea and they probably do have a great idea. They go out and open a business that 
it's a muffin shop and they make muffins and everything's great, but they don't have any idea how to hire people, how to manage people, how to promote their business. Um, they just know how to make muffins, right? They don't know how to actually run a business and grow a business and scale it. And so this is where they start running into trouble. This is why a lot of small businesses about, I think it's 85% close in the first uh, year. It's, it's, you know, it's astronomical. So it's because they don't have, they don't know these strategies. They think they know them. They've heard a few of them, but they just really don't uh, have it all laid out. And so these impact points, uh, we talk about finding lost profit. It's 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 about creating sometimes profit, and sometimes it's about finding profit. Um, and I'm actually going to just log in. And I don't know if you if you want me to share my screen or not. Do you show this video? Is it something that you? Uh, yeah, we do. You so share? if you want to pull it up, we can we can certainly uh, show it. Since your camera's giving you a hard time, yeah, right. <laughs> right. My poor camera's just not loving me today, man. I don't know what's going on with my camera. So bear with yeah, me. Yeah, my here. my nice show it my nice you. camera. The the um, HDMI cable broke, so. Okay, you know, doing the same, have the same problems over here. Yeah, that's what you were telling me. It, um, shock it all up to a. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm going to blame it on. I'm just going to blame it on on 2020. It's the code. Hey, I had I had one of my uh, one of one of my previous uh, what do you call it um, previous interviewees um, was talking about. Uh, I, I don't know this stuff real well, but mer Mercury retrograde and how it Im impacts technology. And apparently like today and yesterday are like the peak of whatever that is. And it's supposed to make all your technology break. So maybe that's it. Oh. There it is. That's exactly what it is. It's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be the uh, universe is aligned against us or something. I don't know, man. Um, bear with me one second here. I'll just kind of show you um, some of this stuff. If my thing wants to work here. But it's a, it's an awesome, powerful tool. It's definitely in my utility belt, and it's um, it. I would say it makes it quick. It really doesn't. It's an all day affair to do one of these, the larger audit. But and I, and I say ten to fifty thousand dollars in lost profit because if I told you some, the the actual dollar amount, you probably um wouldn't believe wouldn't me. Believe you know, if I told you I could find you, yeah, if I told you I could find you two hundred thousand dollars, you'd be like, whatever. I'm only making fifty now. Um, and so I don't. I usually tell twenty. I usually tell people ten to. You know, ten to twenty, and uh, or ten to fifty, and I can do it. I can find ten thousand in forty-five minutes, like it's nothing. I mean, it literally is um, super easy. And we get into some of these these really hardcore uh, areas. It gets really interesting. So um, now, my, of course, my computer wants to do a restart. That's the story of my life. Um, let me see here. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's not our day. It really isn't. Um, but there's a lot of there's a variety of different. Um, Profit points, and we talk about profit. The easiest way to obviously, you know, create more profit in your business is through cutting cost. That's usually a big portion of it. And it's almost the first thing we almost always start on when I work with a new customer. Um, and uh, I have all this technology I keep talking about, but I can't get my camera to work. It's just one of those days. Um, the Batmobile broke a wheel, and uh, <laughs> remember the jingle from Christmas? It's coming up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, man, I'm sorry about that. But um, I will show you just sort of this mini audit, so you can kind of really share with your with your uh, audience what. Um, I just made a what, so you uh, screen share. Give me one second. I got I got to change. So I can do this in almost any uh, currency. Um, but I uh, obviously want to do U.S. dollars, so I'm just kind of setting this up so you can want to see all this this setup part. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I'll just give you the, the short version. Give me one second, and I'll share my screen with you. All right. So this is kind of what it looks like. This is a profit acceleration software, and this is the, the short 12 endpoint 
packs that I was telling you about. Um, and the first thing I always want to do is I want to get some financials information. You can see this off to the side and we'll just make up some numbers just to kind of give you a brief idea of what this looks like. Um, I didn't plan on showing you this, but I, you started asking. So I forgot to go ahead and yeah, um, might as well, right? go ahead and give it to you. Yeah. So annual, let's just say our company does 200,000 a year in in revenue and then the you want to know this so there's some information they're going to have to know and if not oh. we can use Here, I, I can averages from, from that particular from industry some of ours. so i can give you some from ours so we got a if you put a two million in the annual revenue and then the current profit margin is averages 25 percent okay so we do two million in revenue you said 25 is your net profit margin yeah all right. And what's your gross profit margin? I, I don't know what the gross profit margin is on this one. This is a new company we started working with. I haven't gotten into all the numbers yet, but uh, so let's just say it's net 5%. Is, let's just. Yeah. Okay. So gross is what you actually get to put in your pocket, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, net profit is, good. um, yeah, net is usually is total sales. Um, Minus like all your expenses, like what do we have when we're all said and done? So, and then gross is basically just cost of goods minus whatever it is. We can we can we can mess with this, and then you'll pick out some stuff. Let's just say what kind of business is this? What industry is this in? Um, it's ecom, um, so it's uh, candles and fuels and stuff like that. Okay, so let's if they have one for candles. Let's just call it a you can call chemical, it chemical specialty, I guess for now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it'll drop down and you can see some of this stuff. So it tells you what the average should be for this particular industry. So, um, let's just go ahead and bump this GPM up just a little bit. Let's go ahead and make it, um, uh, I don't know, 15%, right? Uh, so you can see that and then you hit submit. Oops. Oops. No numbers. Sorry about that. No letters. I mean, so what this is going to do is it'll give us some information up to the top here of sort of what our current revenue is, what our current profit is, so on and so forth, right? This is without doing anything else. This is where your company should be. And we use um, some industry averages, and you need those NPM and that GPM because as we go through this, it realizes that, say, for advertising, that there's going to be some cost incurred. So as you, we go through this, a lot of people will say, well, you just added 10,000 to my revenue and another 10,000 revenue. Why is my profit not another 20? Well, because the software takes some laws of averages from that industry and it understands that there are some costs incurred with the variety of things. And then sometimes you'll see 10 plus 10 is not 20. It might be 30 because it knows there's going to be some compound effects uh, or some impact if you do multiple aspects of the strategy that I'm going to share with you here in a minute. Um, so really cool. and this, this is, is the small software? one. No, I, I pay highly for this. This is not mine. I didn't invent this. Um, Alfred you did. Just use it. We'll just call him Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred invented the software. I just use it. Um, no, it's, uh, it's something that I, I pay for through a third party and it's, uh, it's made just for small business coaches and it's, it's, it's used for, it's used by about 700, uh, elite business coaches. And, uh, I'm a part of that particular network. So I pay, pay some fees for that network and I get access to this particular software. Um, and it's awesome. I wish I was smart enough to create it, but I'm not to say the least. So this is the smaller one. As you can see, these are just 12 impact points. And if I tell a lot of customers or potential clients, if you do nothing else, when I, when I generate this roadmap, if you don't want my help with these particular items, go just do these 12, you'll have an awesome business if you do nothing else. Right? So we, we, we put this in here. So what I do with most of my clients, 
Uh, we go to valuation, and of course, I tell everybody this is not something you can take to the bank when we talk about valuation because you really need an expert to go over your business and give you a true value, but it gives us a starting point and an idea um, uh, when we talk about valuations because you need some 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 numbers. And I do everything very um, – so I'm looking for very modest. I don't get crazy because I don't want anyone to say, well, you kind of inflated the numbers. I try to use real values as much as we can. But I would put some of this stuff in here. And it talks about is your business model scalable? And that's, again, where stuff we'd have some conversations about and figure that part out. Um, and so what, what this spits out, if we don't change anything in here, um, it says that your value of your particular business at this point is about $600,000. And we're just going to leave it blank for now because I don't want to, we don't want to get into a whole big conversation. We just want to really get to the meat potatoes. So we talked about those five areas and these are all strategies off to the left here in each of one of those five areas. And what I tell everybody, um, that starts out and I have some free training that you can, you can, I'll give your listeners uh, access to uh, at the end of the show, if they stick around long enough, and I'll also give them access to my book for free, the ebook, if they get to that point. Um, we lost our camera again, man, we're just going to give up on that. Um, and so, uh, but the training I'm, I'm talking about gives them access to what a market dominating position is. And I use the example of uh, Domino's pizza. If you're old enough to remember Domino's pizza, when they first started, out in the 80s and 90s yeah, yeah. Uh, what the world did not yeah what the world did not need was another pizza joint at that particular time i mean there's there still is there's a pizza joint in every corner new ones pop up they close all that good stuff but Domino's came into a highly saturated market highly competitive market and they exploded and what it is is they created a market dominating position that set them apart from all of their competitors um, we talk about niching down a lot in the business. This takes niching to sort of on steroids, and every business should have some sort of market-dominating position. My dominating position, obviously, is the fact that I can find anyone, like I said, ten to ten to fifty thousand dollars in forty-five minutes. Domino's market-dominating position, excuse me, was hot, fresh pizza in thirty minutes or less, or it's free. No one was delivering pizza at that time, not on a national level, and no one was, was making that kind of claim that I'll, I'll give you pizza for free if I can't get to you in 30 minutes. Now, they had to structure their entire business around that. They, what they went out and did is say, who's our ideal customer? We don't want to sell to the masses. We want to sell to hungry college kids. So they built all of their stores near college campuses. If you, if you look at their old model when they started, their yeah. stores weren't pretty. They didn't have a they didn't have a nice dining room. They didn't actually have any dining room, if I recall. <laughs> you know, it was uh, they weren't fancy. Their pizza was by no means the best tasting pizza in the market. But they went from zero to a gazillion literally overnight simply by creating a market dominating position. So, in this particular industry, uh, the candle business that you're talking about, you got to find something that sets that particular organization apart, and it can't just be we have great candles, right? Because anyone else can copy that. It needs to be something that's really, really unique to you, really hard to copy. That makes sense. How about how about uh, in all the candles have uh, industrial patents on them, and they're refillable and reusable, made with a porosilicate glass stuff like that. There you go. See, so that's that's fuel, that's something. And the fuel is. Uh, the fuel is is um, one of the only non-petroleum-based fuels that's actually safe enough to drink. And if you toss a match into it, the match just goes out. It won't light on fire. So they're safe and um, really, so, uh, so, yeah, those kind of things. So you got a couple different you got a couple different things there. You could go you you could use both different angles depending on your ideal customers. You could go with the it's green safe angle. Um, 
it's more cost effective, but I, don't, I wouldn't use the cost effective one simply because um, you don't want to, and we talk about that later as we get into those profits, like we talked about, you don't want to get into a pricing war with anybody because now you're just, no. you're just cutting off you your, own, the top your of the game. nose to spite your face. You got it. You want to be premium price, not, not the Walmarts of the world. So I would maybe take another thing, but let's, what we'd normally do is say, if you created a market dominating position for your ideal client, and there's a bunch of questions here, as you can see, um, what percentage do you think that that would increase your business if you started using that dominating position? Even though you may already have it, you're not really marketing it, talking about it. What would it would it be? And so, I hear a lot of people say they don't have a dominating position. Oh, that would double my business fifty percent. I don't ever let them put that number in there. I always I always make them have a more reasonable number. Usually, I try to keep them below ten percent. But let's just say, for instance, in this case, if you used a market dominating position. It would it would grow your business by five percent. So you put five percent. Let's go even smaller. Let's just make it two percent. So we go two percent. You see, it gives you it gives you a revenue impact there. Um, and we talk about unique selling propositions. If you could articulate your unique selling pr proposition in one sentence, and everyone in your staff knew that one sentence and they used it everywhere they went, how would that impact your business? So for your particular product, do you have a unique selling proposition created already? We do not. Not yet. That's one of the things that we're working on. So let's just say you I created just, one. Just started working with this company, so we'll. Uh, that's one of the things we got to work on is you know the USP and those kind of things. Yeah. So let's just say you create one, and you know it's going to generate your because you're already doing two million a year. You know you're going to create a USP, and let's say just increase your business name. Let's just make it another two percent, right? So we do that. We hit submit, and just for this one point endpoint pact, what we normally see is you can tell it's it's going to give us a little graph. Can you see my screen there? I can. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to increase your revenue by 80000 80, It's going to increase your profits by 12000 because, again, it knows that there's some costs incurred. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of people go, well, I got 80000 revenue, so my, my profit should be a, a lot more. Well, that's why that GDP and that, that uh, uh, net profit number or percentage is very important because that's going to generate, you know, it's going to change this a little bit. So it spits out a number for us in this particular impact point. As you can see up to the top here, it's adjusted our current profit and our new annual profit, right? So we've already found you $12,000 in, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, that's cool. And we, yeah, and we would go, so yeah, go, we would go down for each You go through this whole thing for every little item and you help, help build basically a plan to help grow a small business. You got it. I'll, I'll just real quick throw in some fake numbers in these other little columns, and I'll show you what that report kind of looks like. Um, we talk about upsells and cross-sells. Uh, everyone knows what an upsell is because they've all been to McDonald's. Um, but what about cross-selling strategies? What are your cross-selling strategies? What are your down-selling strategies? And when I say down-sell, everybody kind of freaks out. But, you know, what do you, what do you have in place if they don't buy your premium offer? Do you have a smaller package that you can maybe offer? Um, we talk about bundling. There's a, just a ton of strategies. I've got, like I said, about 100 different strategies, um, well, 100 endpoint packs and probably about 200 different strategies in my coaching program easily. Um, but if you just take these 12, again, you'll be awesome. But we'll just say a, a downsell strategy. Let's say increase your business by 3%. We'll submit it. And then what I want to show you, so when we get to the end of all this, and we didn't go through all these, but there's a, um, a priority section. And I would, if you can see here, we only got two because we only filled in two, but normally this would have all 12 impact points all the way down it. If you did the larger ex assessments, it would be, you know, either 40 to 100. And we want to put in here what we think, and it, it creates this for us. It, it talks about, it, it does, it weights it, and it says market dominating position is more important than anything else. So it puts that to the top. Um, 
if we had cut costs, so we talked about that profitability part, it would put that, usually it's almost always first because cutting costs is the easiest way to immediately gain profit, right? But you would do this, you would save it. And what this generates is a 16 to 24 page report um, that I can sh show you uh, maybe a little later on because I do have to modify it and finesse it a little bit, but it's a really awesome report. And that's what I give to my clients when we first start our coaching engagement. Or if I get, if you do the free assessment, I give it to you for free. Um, and it lays all this stuff out for you. So it's a pretty powerful piece of uh, software to say the least, as you can see. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and so that, that ties right into the, uh, the superpower of using technology to help your clients, um, you know, find the 50 to a hundred thousand dollars. So what I want to talk about then is the, is the, the flip side of the superpower is your fatal flaw. Right. So, you know, every Superman has his kryptonite, you know, Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad. You probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, something you struggled with. For me, it was a couple of things. It was things like uh, perfectionism um, that kept me from actually shipping product. Uh, or, you know, another one that I struggled with for a while was lack of self-care, um, meaning that I would let my clients walk all over me and, you know, didn't have good boundaries and stuff set up um, in my in my own business. Um, but I think more important than sort of what the flaw was or is, is how have you worked to rectify it? So, so people who are listening to this might actually uh, learn a bit from your experience there. Oh, man, he was going to ask me this. So I have a couple of flaws. I probably have a million flaws if you ask my wife. Um, I'm glad she's Don't not in all. the room. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, my uh, I have two fatal flaws. And the first one is that I'm, it's a strength and a weakness is that I'm stubborn. Uh, and I don't mind sharing a story. I told you about the motorcycle industry. I had a business that was uh, for the better part of a decade, and we were doing you know hefty six digits a year in sales. Things were going great. The business was booming, and then of course 0708, the economy started to fall apart on us, and no one was spending thirty five thousand dollars on a custom motorcycle. Um, but I had my own apparel line, which was still doing very, very well. But all I wanted to do, because I was stubborn, was stick to my old business model, which is I just wanted to build motorcycles, and. I had people coming in wanting maintenance work. They wanted custom work. And I was trying to hold on to an old business model uh, that wasn't working in the new economy. And unfortunately, that business um, imploded because of that. And it's and I, I totally take the ownership of it. It was all because of my stubbornness uh, and refused to change. And I've been interviewed on on some other shows. And I was uh, interviewed by Project Hindsight. And that's that's I, I said, if I give anybody any great advice, it's, you know, be willing you know, make concrete plans, but be willing to be flexible and you got to be willing to change. And so for me, uh, it was stubbornness. That's my, my first weakness. And I, I'm aware of it. It's a hard one to overcome. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The other one that I have is I tend to look, I have a real, it's a, it's a superpower, but it's one of my weaknesses. I have a really great ability of finding problems or sort of seeing the future is what I like to call it. I can see the future. I have like an, an algorithm that goes in my head when I look at businesses or when I'm running a, you know, a sales team and I can find problems usually before they happen, but like in anything, and that's a great superpower, but unfortunately, like anything, if you're a hammer, everything tends to look like a nail. So when you start becoming so focused on all the things that are going on, uh, you tend to get focused on those potholes. And as you know, if you focus, you know, you, you, what you focus on becomes your reality and the, the law of what a self, self fulfilling yeah. prophecies. So I get so laser focused on a pothole that that's all I see. And I forget to look at the road and drive down the road and I run right into the pothole or some other thing. that's a challenge in my way. So, um, for me, that's my two major weaknesses is stubbornness and, uh, becoming too focused on the problems instead of, you know, just where do I want to yeah, go? Where do yeah. I end up? What's, what's the roadmap? 
And it's interesting, too, because like uh, one of the things with problems particularly is that there seems to be, um, in my experience, there's two types of problems. There's problems that scale with your business and there's problems that don't. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. it's the problems that scale with your business that are a problem, like that are actually a problem because you have you have to take care of those. But then there's other ones that like, you know, to use the pothole analogy, as your business gets bigger, you get a bigger tire. The pothole means less. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's just it's just not important. Um, but then there's other problems that like, you know, the the bigger your business gets, the bigger the pothole gets. Right. And those are the ones you have to worry about. Um, and I think the uh, the wisdom comes in knowing which ones are which, which ones are worth your time, which ones aren't. Yeah, no, totally. And that's why I tell people about those five areas. Just know if you don't know what to do, just focus on those five main areas and your so your business can keep having cash flow coming so you can keep you know keep growing because a lot of people think though I've gotten to a certain size and this was a problem with my, my wireless business was I'd gotten to a size and I didn't know how to get any bigger other than continue to replicate, you know, opening new stores. And I didn't really want to do that. I just wanted to make more money. I didn't want to work more, you know. Um yeah. and so you've got to uh you got to know what things to scale and what things to ignore. Like you said, some problems create more problems uh, as you get as you get bigger, and as you get bigger, some problems just they, they shrink, and it's it's a yeah, they just go it. away. <laughs> For sure. So so um, so with the uh, the the stubbornness and like that, you said Project Hindsight and looking back on that, how how do you just sort of determine nowadays whether or not this is something that you're being stubborn about, um, and you should probably just move on, or if it's something that's actually worth you know, because the stubbornness is that it's a it's a two-sided sword, right? Sometimes it's worth the fight, right? It's worth, you know, sticking it out and seeing it through and going through the tough time because it's just a tough time and you just need to make it happen. Um, and sometimes you're like, you know what? Business has changed. We need to change with it, right? How do, how do you sort of navigate that? That's and that's it's, it. Sounds hokey. When I do coaching, I don't do any kumbaya. I don't hold hands. Uh, we don't sing songs. I'm, I'm kind of a, a direct in your face kind of guy. I'm not I don't yell like you know John Taff or anything like that. But I do, I do get very serious about it. And that, but I do do I do do a vision board at the, at the start of almost every group that we start or that every one on one. And it's a little hokey. It's a little kumbaya. But that's the kumbaya as I get. But you got to have that. You got to know where you want to go overall, because as you get in the trenches, as you know, it's very easy to start chasing shiny objects and getting confused. Or when something hits you hard, you say, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to be stubborn. and I'm going to stick through it. So I kind of go back to that vision board. I go to that motivation. Why'd you start? And so I always ask myself the question when, I, when I'm struggling, am I being stubborn or is this something that really is going to help me by keeping this path, help me get to where I want to be? And usually you can start to see, well, no, this is just me trying to stick to an old model. It's not working. I am being stubborn. It, staying on this path is not going to get me to where I want to be from A to B. So it's time to change strategies, you know, and, go, and I go back to the drawing yeah. board. I go back to my, my tool belt uh, and I find a new strategy. Cause like I said, I've got a couple hundred of them easily and I'll, I'll find one that works at some point for just about any business owner. Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of learning to ask yourself better questions and then having something to measure yourself against like the vision board. Um, there you go. You know, and I know, for, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I went back a couple of years ago and I had everything that I actually had, like, physically put on a vision board. Um, it was about 10 years ago now. Um, and I pulled it all out of a file folder. And because we had it up on there, we've hit every single every single thing that was on it. And you're like, oh, now I got to, awesome. like, do new ones, right, and come up with new stuff. Because mm -hmm. um, you sort of always have to have something you're going for. And it really helps um, when you're making decisions. I was like, does this get me closer to that or further away? Right. Um, mm -hmm. And is it going to help me accomplish those goals? Because um, at least for for 
you know, to, and it, I think it, it works for a lot of businesses, right? Where, you know, even if you're going for a big, massive world changing stuff, you're like, does, does this help us get there or not? Right. And for me, it was, you know, lunches with my kids and traveling the country and those kind of things. And if you know what you're trying to get your business to allow you to do, um, it gives you ways to make decisions. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a good example of it. Even before COVID, uh, for me, my vision was to be very similar to you, be location independent, where I don't have to do as much face to face. Right. And then COVID come in and it really has changed all that. So I don't have very many one on one clients anymore. So mostly what I'm doing is, is virtual group coaching. Um, cause there's, there's a better profit margin for me for my time for one, and I can do it from anywhere. You know, I can do it from my phone if I have to in a, in a real pinch. So, uh, you know, everyone's vision board is going to be different. And that's why it's very important to know exactly what you're, what's important to you. Is it a million dollars or is it half a million dollars and being able to work from anywhere in the world? So, uh, you got to get clear on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's definitely, uh, where mine is. Mine's definitely on the half million dollars work anywhere in the world kind of side. <laughs> Cause, yeah, uh, no, you know, awesome. we've been traveling for several years and my, my wife and I are looking at, uh, getting a boat next and going around, the, around the world that way. So we'll see, but yeah, it's really important. Um, and it's also the clearer that I have gotten with what we want our next steps to be in our life, the easier it has been to grow our business. So, um, it, it's funny that you say it's, it sounds hokey, but it's really not. It's, it's one of those things that it's, it's like an essential, um, that if no, you're really, really clear about where you want to go, um, then you, you can actually get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't have a map to where you want to be, you might end up somewhere that you, you didn't intend on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, that's actually a really important point, right? Cause one of the things that I have run into with a number of clients that I've worked with and then myself, um, is getting into something and then getting a business started or getting a certain business model started. And you realize that like the actual work that's involved is not something you want to be doing. Um, and like, I have a, a good client or a good client, a good friend of mine who, um, makes an obscene amount of money in his business. Just, just obscene, like how much, how wealthy this gentleman is. And he looks at me and he's like, I'm jealous of your business because you have time and location freedom. And I don't. He's like, and, mm -hmm. I, and I made that mistake because I didn't, I didn't think about what I wanted my actual life to look like and built himself this monster that is extremely profitable, but takes a lot of his time. Yeah. No, no real life. You know, unfortunately you got tons of money. You can't, can't spend it. Um, golden handcuffs, you know, there's tons of metaphors we could use and it's, uh, it's unfortunate. I, um, I actually uh, probably are going to open a brick and mortar business again at some point. I've already talked about that, but I'm already know in my head, it's not going to be dependent on me to run it. Like I'm, I don't, I don't want to have to show up every day or even every week. Um, to do it. And, and I, um, it's kind of top secret. I'll tell you about it in the next year or two when it opens, but, um, I'm not, I, it's not going to depend on me to, to be there. I just, I'm, yeah. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm at a point like you, I want to spend time with my family. I want to be able to go to the beach. If I want to go to the beach or the mountains, whatever I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So if your, uh, your fatal flaw is sort of that stubbornness that we talked about and, um, and those kind of things, the flip side of that is your common enemy, right? Uh, is so so every every superhero has uh, what I call an arch nemesis, right? And it's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world. Um, in the world of business, it takes a lot of forms, but generally speaking, we put it in the context of your clients, right? So your you, the businesses that you're doing coaching for, um, and it's a mindset or it's a flaw that you're constantly having to fight against to overcome, so that you can help them get the result they came to you for, 
Um, and you know, if it's like, you know, when, when someone comes in and if you could just bop them on the head with your magic wand and not have to deal with that, that mindset, what is, what is that arch nemesis, that common enemy in your business? It's the same for me as it is for most of my clients. And I'll, I'll be willing to bet you, you probably have it too from time to time. Uh, it's procrastination. It's the evil old procrastination. When you work for yourself, there's no one to hold you accountable, but you, so if we don't get it done on Monday. We say, well, we'll do it on Tuesday. Um, what happens on Tuesday? We get busy on Tuesday. So we say, well, we'll do it on Wednesday. So we just keep kind of, kind of kicking the can down the road, um, unfortunately. So that's, that's a huge, um, a huge one. And, and I do a couple things to combat that. Um, and it's, uh, well, I say procrastination and, and then the other excuses, a lot of people say, I don't have time. I don't have time to do it, right? Well, I would love to do that in my business, but I don't have time to do it. So the two things that we normally do is we do a time study uh, with that particular individual if it's really a problem for them, and then we map out their day, and they, it's shocking how much time we waste on stuff that does not add value to our lives, both business and personal. But my nemesis is definitely procrastination, and most of my clients is the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, procrastination is uh, it's a hard one to deal with, but I know like for myself, one of the big things that's helped with procrastination is learning how to how to get tasks that were mine off onto my team, um, mm-hmm. and and like learning how to build systems and stuff that uh, that it makes it so that I can just do something really I can do something real quick and simple. That means that like a lot of leveraged work will get done, whether that's like a process document or a process map, or like hey, here's here's the thing that needs to get accomplished, and then get that out, and then that. that that keeps me from procrastinating when I make the things that like I need to do, like small bite-sized things that, you know, kick off larger processes with the, with the organization. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it. So when I do a time study, I'll do, we'll, we'll map out their time for a couple of weeks and then we'll create sort of a, um, an ideal work rate. Like what are they really, what's important to them? And then we do use the old uh, Eisenhower method, method, use the Eisenhower method um, and do the same thing. What can you delegate out? All right, what can you delete from your day? Just not do it at all. Um, yeah. And then what can you uh, defer to another time? Then what do you got to do right now? And, I mean, it's it's a huge game changer for a lot of people who just don't realize it. They watch a lot of TV. They play on their phones, you know, what do Facebook or whatever that really don't have any value to their lives at all. It's just entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. So the flip side then of your common enemy is your driving is your driving force, right? If your common enemy is what you fight against, your driving force is what you fight for, right? So it's like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it you fight for in your business? Um, I talk about it actually in the beginning in the forward of um, – be small, fight big. Why? Why I became? We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Why I became a, a small business advisor and why I wrote the book. And it truly is. Um, you know, we have entrepreneurs. Most of them fail. I mean, eighty-five percent is the usual number. Most of them within five years, it's like five percent succeed. And when we say succeed, they're just still open. They may not be thriving at all. They're just still there five years from now. Um, and we see it in almost all businesses. I've worked for, like I said, half a dozen wireless companies. We all thought we were too big to be bought. We all thought we were too big to fail. And most of those companies aren't even in business anymore. Um, I worked for or with a company called Promco way back when uh, that's now Verizon. And they were the same way. We're, you know, Our average revenue is X amount of dollars. There's no way someone's going to come along and eat us up. Well, they got eaten up. You know, There's always a bigger fish. So when you apply that to small businesses, what drives me to continue to do what I do is simply I, I don't want the mom and pop 
small business owner, or even if it's a family business, or if it's someone who's got multiple locations, I want to, them to have access to the strategies that will help them be successful to the plans, the roadmaps and things that they just may not even know exist. Right. And I just, I, I think small businesses, uh, one, I want to see them individually succeed. We know there's a high divorce rate, a uh, high suicide rate. And sometimes for small business owners, simply because of the amount of stress that's on their shoulders. So that kind of keeps me going. When I say I want to quit, I say, you know what, there's a, there's a, a, a couple right now that's fighting over money because their business is struggling and they need my help. Right. So I need to come yeah, in. Yeah and give them some support. So there's, Thanks, there's Tim. that. And then go ahead. I was saying small business makes up something like 65 or 70% of all the uh, job markets and whatnot in the U S. So like helping that particular market is just a huge, huge swath of, you know, the American workforce. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. So we're on the same, <laughs> we're on the same page. I was, I was going to say, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's uh, something like 53 to 65% of all, all people are employed by a small business owner of some sort. And so that tells you that without small businesses, we don't have an economy here in the U.S. Like, it's just, it's non-existent. So it's, uh, it truly is saving the country when you save a small business. Absolutely. Goosebumps, I, I love that. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's true. You know, I got my 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 flag there, my voted tag. I'm 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 all for for helping helping small businesses and helping them grow because it's a, I I say all the time, you know, the small business community is the heartbeat of America. Um, mm -hmm. And the more we uh, um, the more we do to help them, the better our country is going to do going forward. And that's why we run this show is just because I I believe that entrepreneurs are really they're the unsung heroes, right? They're the ones, everything in your life at some point was touched or handled by an entrepreneur. And they're the ones that are taking the risks and making the world what it is today. So that's uh, absolutely true, sir. I agree. Okay. So I got a practical question for you. And this one, we talked a little bit about, we actually did some show and tell on this, but I, I say your hero's tool belt, um, which is, you know, just like every superhero has their uh, awesome gadgets, like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes, or, you know, a big magical hammer. Um, you know, we want to talk about top one or two tools you couldn't live without in your business. Could be anything from your notepad to your calendar to your marketing tools, your product delivery, or even the uh, cool calculator thing you were showing us earlier. Anything you think is essential to getting your job done? Yeah, so I'm going to give you, I guess, my top three. The top two is what we already talked about, which is the profit acceleration audit or assessment. Um, it's a huge, I mean, it's a huge tool. I use it with just about every client, um, with the exception I have an e-learning platform, which is a 52-week platform. And uh, it's sort of a go, go it alone. It's very, very cost effective for small business owners. It's not very expensive. So they don't, they don't necessarily get access to that, uh, that audit. Then the profit growth calculator, which I didn't show you, but we talked about it. It just kind of shows you, um, you know, if you want to grow your business to X amount of dollars and this is what you're doing now, then I, I type in sort of what you need to tweak, like say leads, you need to get this many leads and you get this many conversions and it spits out all that. And we can tweak it until we get to the number that we know or we need. So we know that if I want to go from 2 million to 4 million, I don't need to double my leads. I just need to get maybe 10% or 15% more leads. And I need to increase my conversion from 10%, which is my current number to maybe 15% or maybe it's, maybe it is 60%. Who knows? But that's a, that's a huge tool. So there's a profit acceleration audit or assessment. There's the profit growth calculator is a huge tool. And then I um, have some uh, intellectual property, which is obviously my book, Be Small, Fight Big, um, which is, a, is a totally separate. The, the explosive small business, business growth, excuse me, is strategies. It's a very quick read. It's an hour long at the most, but it's, it's my top eight strategies. Um, but the Be Small, Fight Big book, it's, um, it's a, 
it's a process that I've created to help small business owners make better hiring decisions and build better teams. Because as I, as I've talked to most, I mean, it's almost the number one question when I ask somebody, what keeps you up at night? What do you need help in your business? Cause they come to me for strategies for growing their business. But almost every one of them says, I can't find good people. I struggle hiring good people. And I'm like, okay, that's easy. And I got a process for that, you know, or I, and I, I had a process that I didn't have it sort of structured. So I've created that, that program, the be small, fight big uh, methodology. And that's my third and probably most important tool in my tool belt. Um, because once you've got the strategies and your business does start to grow, you're going to have to hire some people at some point, create some leadership and, you know, put some policies and processes in place. And so that's sort of my companion to all the other things that I do to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it sounds like, uh, like, I, I want to pick up your a uh, couple of your books here and read through them. It sounds like I need them in my own life. <laughs> Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the hero show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So my, my, uh, my next question for you is uh, your, your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors. Frodo had Gandalf, you know, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. Um, so, you know, who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors, speakers, authors, maybe peers who are a couple of years ahead of you? And how important have they been to what you've accomplished so far in your life and your career? So I've been lucky. I've had a lot of mentors in my life, um, a lot of great people. But really, the most to me, and I can I can I can look back on almost everything that's happened in my my entire life, goes back to I went to a Jim Rohn seminar. If you know who Jim Rohn is, when I was like 19 years old, many many years ago, and um, it was sort of life changing. I hate to sound so hokey, but it really was life changing. He talked about a lot of things, and I was working for another organization that sent me to that that seminar or workshop. And I went back to, to work and a couple weeks later I quit and I started my own business. Um, so it really was impactful. So I would say Jim Rohn is definitely, um, someone uh, that I look up to or that you know, he's obviously passed away now. That's a big influence on me. And then, uh, Napoleon Hill, 
If you haven't read anything by Napoleon Hill, you got to. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to go out and read some Napoleon Hill. Or if you're in leadership, you got to go out and read some Napoleon Hill. Uh, lots of great stuff. It's sort of basics 101. It should be required reading. So those two people, and those are probably a lot. I mean, I, I talk a little bit about Tony Robbins. I do like Tony Robbins. Love him or hate him, he does have some good stuff. Um, but Jim Rohn, Napoleon Hill, by, by far any entrepreneur, got to go check their stuff out. I muted. I muted myself apparently. Um, and it's uh, the uh, J- Jim Rohn. I haven't read any of his, his stuff, but I've uh, read almost all of Napoleon Hill's, and it's fascinating. He's fascinating to me because he's uh, like he wasn't actually wealthy himself. He was studying wealthy people, which I think in and of itself is a really smart thing to be doing. Is looking at people who have the results you want, and you know, looking at modeling what they're doing, um, and which is a uh, super fascinating. <laughs> Um, yeah, he um, he he actually uh, Jim Rohn recommended Napoleon Hill. I'd never heard of Napoleon Hill, and um, he recommended you go check out you know, Think and Grow Rich. Obviously, so I went to my local library. I was living in the New Orleans area at that time, and they didn't have a copy of Think and Grow Rich, but they had another book, which is called The Law of Success. And so I checked it out, and it was actually an original printing, like the 1920s, and it was a six six hundred page book. It was a huge book. And um, it's funny because you read the first few chapters and you realize that the time has changed. I mean, the things that they talk about in the 1920s that they believed, some of them have been obviously disproven by science, but it's just crazy stuff. But the the philosophies that he had around creating a strategy, creating a plan, having a goal um, are, are very relevant today. And a lot of those have been proven by like NLP and some other sciences. So it's pretty interesting. But I would definitely go check out anything, anything by Napoleon Hill. Jim Rohn's got some... Uh, some workshops that you can you can you can watch on YouTube. There's tons of videos on Jim Rohn. Some some are really old, um, and he was a funny guy. He he had a lot of humor. But you definitely check out his stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So what I want to talk about next then is your guiding principles, right? So one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, uh, you know, Batman is known for never killing his enemies. He only ever brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, I'm going to talk about the top one or two principles that you use regularly in your life. Maybe something you wish you had known when you first started out on your own hero's journey. Oh, man. Um, For me, and I have a list of them. Don't ask me to quote them because I haven't. I, I'm I'm sad to say I don't. I had a thing. I wrote them all down. I was going to read them every day, and sort of make it like a, a morning affirmation. And I did this years ago, and I haven't read them in a while. But I can tell you the top the top one or two is to be honest in all things, even at the detriment to myself. And so I try to tell the truth in all things, even if it's going to get me in trouble, even if it's not going to work out, or if it means I don't get to close this customer, or I don't get them as a customer or as a client. Um, I'd rather lose a sale being honest than have gained a customer by being dishonest. So that's the top thing to me. I'm by no means an altar boy. Anybody who knows me will tell you that. But that's that's one of the top things for me. And then the other one is just be authentic. Be yourself. Um, I think I talked about earlier in the thing. You know, I do have a potty mouth on my show. We we keep it PG-13. But when I listen to your show, I was like, oh man, I can I might I might be able to cuss if I have. At least if I do, I won't feel bad about it. I don't have to bleep it out. So <laughs> just be yourself. You know, don't put on put on airs. Um, you know, I don't wear a suit. Um, every day, so I tell everybody, um, you know, if I'm if I'm speaking, if I if I'm in a speaking event, um, I'll dress up, maybe put a suit on in that particular case. But most of the time, I uh, I'm wearing maybe a polo at best, but usually a t-shirt. You know, I'm kind of like I'm not a minimalist on your level. Uh, I do have more than three shirts, but um, there I don't <laughs> I don't have many. Let me I just say that I, I keep it pretty simple. So I I, went, I have less now. Oh man, yeah. So I'm not I'm not on your level, minimalist, but I have like two pairs of blue jeans, and I have I have six suits, and um, 
I wear, I, they're all, I usually have three shirts that I wear with those suits and, and, you know, it's pretty simple. So yeah, just be yourself in all things. You know, I mean, I, I tell you, I used to have long hair. I used to be a biker, um, but that's not, you know, I used to be a cop at one point, which I was clean cut. Um, you know, I've done a lot of things and I like to think all those things that I've done are part of who I am. I'm not trying to be fake. I just, that is who I was at that time. And it's, it's sort of the whole of who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like the, the authentic thing is being authentic to who you are now and realizing that you can grow and change. Um, and, uh, but one of the things that's, uh, that's really interesting about that is, um, we've done a lot of work in, um, one of my businesses where we help people build their heroic brands is learning how to find your distinct personality and then turn that up to 11. Right, how you, you 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 find pieces of your personality and really emphasize those. Um, that's what people buy into um, and become a part of that. So it's a it's an interesting thing to learn how to be um, be authentic to yourself and that sort of um, and and really really push sort of who your brand is. Um, and you see that with things like uh, you know if you ever looked at Dan Kennedy, you know Dan Kennedy is uh, known as the no bullshit marketer. Right. Or, um, and so any of those, those big names, you know, Tony Robbins is known for, you know, having his people walk on fire and being very loud and boisterous and those kind of things. And, um, when you, when you, you know, get them outside of their, um, when you get them outside of their normal, uh, like performance oriented self, like they're, they're generally less like that. Not that that's not, not them. And it's just not turned up all the way. And they turn, they turn themselves up when they're in public. Um, and it's an interesting, interesting thing to learn how to do. So that is, uh, basically a wrap on our interview, but I do have one final little question I ask at the end of all of my, uh, all of my interviews. It's called, uh, I call it the hero challenge. Um, and it's basically a selfish little thing I do at the end of all of my interviews, um, to help me get access to stories I might not be able to find otherwise. So the question is this, do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their sh story on our show? Um, first person that comes to mind for you. Share their story, man. I got a guy. He's a good friend. Um, he is a character. Uh, he was in the military. He uh, he was. Uh, I think he was the number one um, salesperson for Century Twenty One in the state of Alabama for a number of years, which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, he's traveled the world. He speaks a couple different languages. Um, he's had a TV show on Discovery for a little while or he was in an episode or two. I don't recall exactly. Uh, he's still in real estate. He does a fantastic job. He's owned a couple different businesses as well. His name is Jeremy Sullivan. I don't know if he still does interviews anymore, but I'll definitely connect you to, um, he actually, I don't want to tell his whole story, but he, he lived in California for a little while cause he was going to be a professional comedian. He went to, he went to a comedy school in California. Um, and he is a hilarious guy to say the least. Um, but he decided he didn't want to be in comedy anymore. Um, but he's got, he, like he, he talks about how he used to open up for, you know, these big name comedians and just one day he decided he wanted to be a comedian. And so he went and did something else. And he's just, he's got a very interesting life story and he's got a, um, a fantastic business that he runs now and he's owned quite a few over the years. So he would definitely be someone that you would want to talk to. 
Cool. Yeah, we'll reach out later and see if we can get him on the show, if that's possible. Um, and that's, like I said, that's basically a wrap on our show. So thank you so much for coming on, Ben. Really appreciate it. Um, and what I want to do here is, like, in comic books, there's always the crowd of people at the end of the uh, um, end of the, the story where they're clapping and cheering and thanking the hero for their work. So as we close our analogous to that, what I want to do is find out where can people find you if they want your help in the future? Where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Ben, I'd really like your help to find that ten dollars to $50,000 in my business? Um, you know, we want to know basically where are the best places to reach out and who are the right types of people to reach out to you. Yes. So the, the best people would be anyone who has a small business that has either gotten to a point where, uh, and it doesn't have to be new. Actually, I, I don't work with many startups or new businesses. Most of them are established businesses that have just kind of gotten to a point where they're frustrated on what the next step is and they want to grow or they want some access to strategies that they, they haven't thought of. So um, it's business, small businesses of all type. I don't work with Fortune 500s, um, but small businesses of all types that want to grow their businesses, uh, whether they're new or not new. And the best way to find me and find out for more, more information about what I do and get a free copy of my book and also get access to some of my free trainings. I think it's about 12 of my trainings. You get one a week. Um, it is go to my website, which is explosivesmallbusinessgrowth.com. Uh, pretty simple, explosivesmallbusinessgrowth.com. You'll see right on the front, you can just download my free ebook. There's no shipping, none of that crazy stuff you see now on Facebook where you got to get it for free and pay the $8 shipping. Just, just download it. It's an ebook, get it for free. Um, and you'll also see down towards the bottom where you can get access to my free training. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I have a contact form there as well. Uh, but you can also just email me directly, which is my name, Ben. Vizina, that's V-E-Z-I-N-A, V is in victory, E-Z-I-N-A at vizinaconsulting.com. Just email me and say, hey, look, I'd like to take one of these assessments. I'd like to learn more about what you do. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do anything high pressure. Uh, my sales pitch literally is that when I do the end of this audit, I give them that six, 16 to 25 page roadmap report. And I just simply ask them, would you like some help with that? That's that's my whole hard close. And if anyone who if anyone does the the assessment, just know it's coming at the end. I'm just going to ask you: Do you want some help with that? And if you say no, it's not a problem. If you say yes, um, you know we'll figure out one of you know a payment structure that's going to work easiest for you. Um, but this kind of stuff, usually once I do an audit and they see how much money they're leaving on the table, they don't want to implement such a huge strategy by themselves. They want a partner to hold them accountable, but also keep them on on track for the roadmap. Uh, it's pretty much a no-brainer. Usually, usually my fee, I find my fee simply just by doing the audit. You know, when I, if I find you fifty thousand um, dollars, you know, a couple thousand bucks, and whatever it depends on the program we pick, obviously, uh, is is a is a drop in the hat to the amount of money that I can help you find. Absolutely. So if you are in that space that you're running business and you want to uh, grow, definitely take the time to reach out to Ben. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. It's been cool having you here and sort of hearing your story. You've been all over the place in the business world, which is a, a rare thing. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story today. Do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for the audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? Well, real quick, obviously, I want to have you on the show at some point because I didn't know you were so entrenched in small businesses. So I'd love to have you on my podcast, which is obviously the next level leadership and small business owner show. Um, so one, I want to have you on the show too. shout out to the show. A little shameless plug. Uh, check it out. You can get it on Apple, iTunes, um, any platform, basically, where there's, you know, Stitcher, anywhere there's uh, yeah, podcasts. We'll make sure there's can, a link to it in the, uh, in the show notes for you. If you can find that. And then I also have a Facebook group, which is the same name. Uh, which is um, I just okay. I just I can't believe it. I just forgot the name of my podcast. But it's it's, it's a, the next level leadership, a small business owner show. I was drawing a blank, um, but you can just search for that on Facebook as well and join our our Facebook group. We'd love to have you. 
Cool. Well, thank you again for coming on today, uh, Ben. Hey, thank you, Richard. I love it. I enjoyed the conversation. I look forward to speaking with you again, buddy.